Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the State of Play podcast. A little bit different looking version today. We're recording video. It is 7.30 in the morning. Finally, the last 5 a.m. game on the East Coast. I'm Martino Puccio. Alongside me today is only Pep Barisha. Matt has been spared. He's going into the office, I believe. So, Pet, how is normal mornings for you right now during the World Cup? Normal mornings are good, actually. Getting up on the weekend at like 9 or so a.m., rolling out of bed, breakfast, and then getting a, a World Cup game is, is pretty nice. But I, I, I must say I salute you all um, who are waking up on the East and even worse, West Coast of America um, to make some of these games. Uh, so, you know, hats off to you folks. Yeah, no, I think the only people that are not feeling bad for anybody are the Aussies because they they just complain all the time. Like, yeah, how how would you like it if you were us like constantly throughout the year? I was like, I still wake up for 630 a.m. games for like from time to time. Like this isn't this isn't too crazy, but um, I could only imagine what Korea was like uh, in 2002 because that's that was I heard was miserable for a lot of people. But Today was the last 5 a.m. game. We're through two match days of the tournament. Um, after today, we're recording before the other three matches were played on Monday. So what has been your biggest takeaway so far from this tournament in general? Um, we're going to get into who we have as best team, best player, best young player, and all that stuff. But what has been the overall judgment? Because you're, you're pretty fond of the tournament. A lot of other people kind of have a different uh, take on it. I think the biggest takeaway, the headline for me is the casuals have been wrong at every corner, right? And that's not to kind of crap on anyone who doesn't follow football really, really deeply, because I think a lot of like analysts have got things wrong as well. But I mean, going into the tournament, a lot of people have Argentina favorites. I don't think any single person on the planet has them favorites anymore. A lot of people completely discounted a bunch of teams. Uh, And even after the first round of games, you know, Costa Rica losing 7-0 to Spain, everyone suddenly thought Spain are going to win the tournament. Costa Rica are the worst team in the tournament. And after the next game week, people think, oh, well, Spain should have probably lost to Germany and Costa Rica beat Japan, who upset Germany. And uh, I guess it's basically a, a tournament of upsets so far, which has been fun. Yeah, uh, honestly, and there should have been more. I think there was just a lot of chances blown. That's the fu- that's the funny thing to me, because everyone is citing zero zeros across the board, but they're not bad zero 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 matches. Uh, Croatia and Morocco is one of those, for example. There was tons of chances. It was end to end. Sometimes you just don't finish, and I think people are just coming to, to the conclusion that if something ended in 0-0, it's a terrible match. I think some of them were pretty bad, um, but for the most part, it, it's been good. And then we, we just saw what happened with Cameroon and Serbia. That's Those were really what a, a lot of the matches would have looked like if there was just better finishing. But again, obviously, that's easier said than done. Best team of the tournament so far. You mentioned Spain winning 7-0, but then I thought they should have lost to Germany. Could have easily... Musiala makes the correct decision uh, on one of those. Um, Leroy Sané coming on in the second half, I think, completely changed it. For me, I think, the, I, I think the clear best team that has played two matches, I'll wait for, but I'd rather you go first. So who who is your team? Uh, mine's France. I think when you think about international football, a lot of people have kind of shat on the, you know, sufferable, right? Southgate, uh, Bo whoever else you want to talk about, whatever other fans. A lot of people have talked about Hansi Flick in this sense as well. But actually, there's a lot of stats and research to show that if you accumulate like 1 XG versus 0.3 XG, 
versus accumulating two against 0.6, your chance of losing are actually doubled in the latter, right? So basically what the stats show you is in international football, you need to be very conservative and hard to beat and try and win goals by the odd goal or two, which is why, you know, we've seen Greece, we've seen Portugal win the Euros recently, and we've seen England go really far in uh, the Euros and World Cup tournaments, for example. But for me, France have basically done the best of both worlds in that sense. They've been pretty secure defensively and they've looked like they can score at will whenever they want. And that's, that's why I think they've been the best team. And, and they're not even using the best defender in the world, in your opinion. So listen, well, no, 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 it's not even a shot at him. I think it's more praise towards France because if you don't need Saliba and you're still blowing out teams and not really allowing too many chances, then what else could you ask for? Yeah, and I, I think Varane's always been pretty good for France when he's been on the pitch for them so far. He, they, they've looked even even more solid. I think Canate and Ipamakano obviously play together at Leipzig, so that was probably the reason they got the nod. Um, Jules Kunde was coming back from fitness into this World Cup, and I think he'll probably start right back for the rest of the tournament. I mean, Pavard's been good for them in previous seasons, but now with Theo and, and Kunde, they seem to have like a real nice balance with one going flying up and then turning into like more of a three at the back with, with the Varane in the middle um, when they've got the ball. And then I think players like Griezmann, who haven't been good this season so far, or maybe for the last couple of seasons for Atleti, always great for France. He's been, I think, probably, apart from Bappe, the best player at this tournament um, so far. Yeah, I mean, this you just go through like the list, and I think McConnell's probably been the best defender. This turn, I think, I think he's just been incredibly solid for them. Um, having seen everyone play for the most part, we haven't seen Group G and H finish both of their matches, but I would say, I would say it's France as well. I think the only the only reason some people might have had some hesitancy was because they went down initially, and then they end up going like that. Mbappe seems unstoppable. He's going to have every single international record when his career is over, barring injury. I think this this might be the player that could surpass Pele. I, th- I think we're actually looking at someone who has the capability international wise of surpassing his goals. I mean, listen, three World Cups is three World Cups. I don't know about that. But just as a sheer player, we're talking at 23 years of age, we're, we're saying Messi's equaling Maradona in eight goals in 21 matches, where Mbappe just tied him prior to the Mexico match. That's, I mean, it's insane. It's incredible. Right now, right now, they look in- insane. And I, and I would agree with you that they have been the best team. You mentioned Griezmann and Mbappe as two of the best players in the tournament so far. Is that where you're leaning when when I ask you who's been the best player? Because I, I think it's kind of easily Mbappe. I know you, you were saying Griezmann, but the goals in, aren't exactly there. But I, I understand where you're coming from if you were to choose him. I, I think it's very clearly Mbappe. I mean, it's I think it's very clear who the best player in the world is right now, right? Yeah. I think Neymar's probably close on form. Maybe his peak levels are better. but. I think Bappe, especially in international football, I think he is the best. And, you know, you alluded to it earlier. He's probably going to end up as the best international footballer of all time, <laughs> which is crazy, right? I think, he, is he is he already a better international footballer than Messi and Ronaldo? Because I think there's I, a case for I think for it's it. very difficult to argue against it, right? The likelihood is that he's going to end up with more goals in world cups than both of them after this tournament like combined well, well eventually, eventually over combined. time over time Ronaldo's not got this eight. tournament not Messi's this tournament seven right now is that correct eight so they've eight. both got eight right yeah oh yeah because yeah, Messi scored mm-hmm. last game. both got eight 
they could probably both end up on 10 or 11 at the end of this story. Like if they did really well, right? Like if they had great tournaments and sure, sure. Portugal yeah, exactly. and Argentina got to the quarters or semis, whatever. Mbappe could easily end up with 12, 13, 14 and have two more World Cups at the end of it. I think he's going to go down as the best international footballer of all time. He has nine goals and assists in nine World Cup appearances, and this is only his second World Cup. Seven goals, two assists. Uh, he scored against Argentina in the quarters. He scored he scored two against Argentina in the quarters. He scored in the final uh, against Croatia. Like I, I think it's re- really is set a match. If, uh, if France win this World Cup, I think he's the best of all time in international football, for sure. Uh, and, and we're not even talking about expansion of the other tournaments yet. So there's going to be even more matches. So those numbers will be inflated yeah. and it's going to be a little... We're going to have to tax them a little bit. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll argue that in our 40s, <laughs> I guess. Um, this, it's, it's him. It's Mbappe. I don't, I don't think there's anyone else that you could point to at this point. Who would you point to from some of the smaller teams? Like, I mean, I, I was joking offline that, you know, Kamil Glick and uh, Amrabat from Morocco have both been all, all awesome. And actually, uh, shout out to uh, Aguerd who, who joined West Ham on a big deal and hasn't played a minute for them, but he's looked so solid at the back from Morocco. Um, I think I've, I've loved Tyler Adams this tournament as well for, for the US. I know you might be a bit more biased, but he's a player I've always liked and he's been you know, what do they call him? The Kansas, the Kansas Kante? <laughs> the Kansas... Kentucky Kante? <laughs> well, Tyler Adams actually went to high school or that oh, my nice. cousins went to high school at. So, so it's in New York where, where he was initially from. Um, Enter Valencia, yeah. I would also say. Leading the line. I mean, taking over. It's, it should have been a wrap for the Netherlands um, in that second match. They're... I mean, Cody, Cody was really the only one I, I feel like is answering the bell for them on yeah. a consistent basis. At the top level, that, that should be expected of them, I would say, in our Valencia. I mean, what are, it's vital to pick up three points, but if you're, you're picking up a draw and having yourselves uh, an opportunity on the final match day to advance to the knockout stages, I think that's everything that you could ask. I think Ecuador, those were one of those teams that I said, okay, with Sadio Mane out for Senegal now, I could easily see them sneaking in and grabbing that second spot. I would, I would say it's him from the lesser teams, but there's so many options that you could pick from. But, I, but I, I would rock with him. Best young player. All of them played yesterday in the best match of the tournament. If he could just finish better, it's Musiala. Yeah. But it's, it's just, I, I would slightly lean towards Pedri at this point. But Musiala was the best player yesterday when all three faced at the same time. I, I think Musiala will end up having the best tournament out of all of them. If, if Germany advances to the knockout stage, which I do think they will because they get to... They get to face Costa Rica on the final match day, but this wasn't an easy choice. But I do say Musiala's just creation in general. I think that finish, that lack of a finish in the first match against Japan, which is the ability to create space in tight spots, and then just to even get the shot off was impressive enough. Still poor decision making yesterday. Should have had another assist. Was was the main focal point in that goal to equalize against Spain. Musiala for me. I think has been the best young player at this tournament. I, I understand if you go with one of the two young Spanish players. Before though. I give my answer, who do you think Musiala compares to most as a footballer? I've seen Kaka, I've seen Zidane, I've seen Alexander Kleb, I've seen Samir Nasri. Do you have a comp in mind? Does anyone like shout out to you when you watch him play? Kaka's weird. I think that's a way. I did. He wasn't as shifty in spots. I Kaka is more direct. He's pretty good in open space. He's got the long legs. He can run. 
No, of of course, but I know I like we we've seen some insane runs, and also he does things. Kaká yeah. wasn't really doing like that, and and that's okay because they're totally different play. But Zidane, I think, is Zidane makes that pass at any age. Um, I think he's his yeah. own player. I it might it might sound lazy, but it just sometimes this it this is what happens sometimes. There's just some. I was thinking about this with Jason Tatum though, because <laughs> I know it's basketball, but I was like really just for some comparison sometimes yeah. when we're really in this age of physical athletic freaks that we've never seen before mixed with elite footballing skills. And I think Musiala is the headliner of this next generation because Mbappe is the same way. No one's yeah. like him. I haven't seen anyone like him in history. I know some people like to do on but I think that's just lazy. I think that's just comparing two French elite players. Um, Musiala is his own man. And I, and I think, I think he's got a chance to have, as big a, of a legacy as Lewandowski did it. I, I think but the goal scoring has been surprising because he's got, I think, nine goals in, in in the in all competitions this season for for Bayern Munich. Yeah, so he's been, it's been a surprise. He's had his highest tally he's already. Been pretty hot, and, right? Um, I think for me, mm-hmm. best young player. I think if you asked me after game week one, I would have probably said Jude Bellingham. He was just amazing in that in that game against Iran. I think overall, I think I've got to go for Chalmany. Uh, um, in, in, for France, I think particularly in the Denmark game, he was just outstanding. And I think the reason I'm picking him is because Pedri, Gavi, they're playing behind Busquets, right? And they have so much security and longevity in that Spain team. Same with England, right? Jude Bellingham and and Kaya Saka both were amazing in that first game, but they're settling into like a very settled and like kind of legacy Southgate system. And with France, also, although Deschamps has that in terms of the system, I think the personnel are completely different, right? So you've got Jules Koundé coming in, you've got Theo Hernandez coming in, you've got none of the midfielders that started in the last World Cup, and then you've got Dembele um, playing as well. So like over half the team is, is completely different. And to play that kind of pivot role with basically Rabiot and, and Griezmann in front of you on your own at the World Cup stage after a monster transfer fee in the summer, the pressure's on, the world is watching because Pogba and Kante aren't there. And I think he's delivered at a level that he could only have dreamed of. So I think for me, in terms of kind of the expectancy, the responsibility, and maybe going a bit under the radar and picking someone different, I'll go for him. Is he young enough though? Uh, you that's what, that that's what my initial thought. I, I get he, he's 21 on the dot, right? So, or 22. I mean, I think there isn't a player out of all of them that has more pressure to deliver for expectations relative to their country. If Spain, if Spain reach a final, I think that's fantastic. I think they're kind of ahead of schedule with the it core that they like have Germany because of in 2012, right? 2012 euros. I, I know it's kind of crazy to say, and we'll see what happens with France, but I think Spain's already a leader for favorite of the 2024 euro. Yeah. I, 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 it really depends on what happens with the number nine position. How does that develop a goal scoring? Is it Ferran Torres ends up being that guy? I don't think so. He missed some really bad, uh, really good chances. I think they just don't quite have the firepower, right? If you think about... That's the only difference. It, it, but yeah, like, I mean, if when you're playing Asensio, Ferran and Olmo, all of which don't start for their clubs up front, I think when you compare it to... Uh, Mbappe, Griezmann, Dembele, like the firepower is crazy. Like even if you compare it to England, I know they don't, they're not that creative, but Saka, Sterling, Kane, like the firepower is is there. And even Germany, 
like when Sane's back, Sane, Gnabry, Musiala. It's not even better than Portugal. Yeah, the, I mean, the Portuguese, you've got Leal coming off the bench. Uh, I know you disagree with that, but like... Oh, yeah, no, no, but even the, your point stands, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really, really good, right? And even from midfield, I feel that Pedri, Gavi are not going to rack up numbers, goals and assists-wise, neither is Busquets. If you look at, like, Portugal, you've got Bernardo Silva, you've got Bruno Fernandes. So I think there's there's uh, there's there's room for a bit more firepower there. And what form that comes in, maybe Ansu Fati coming into his own in the next tournament, maybe Nico Williams develops into a player, or maybe there's, uh, you know, Jeremy Pino, there's players on the flanks and maybe down the middle who, who can score a bit more and, and, and provide that, that cutting edge. But for now, I think, um, I, I, I doubt they'll win this tournament, but I think they'll go fairly, fairly far. Yeah. Uh, it's all about matchups at the end yeah. of the day. But again, it's Eddie, not even to mention Alvaro Marata is basically the guy that they're relying on for these goals. All right, match day three. We're almost there. We still have to see South Korea, Ghana, Brazil, Switzerland, Portugal, Uruguay are, are those matches that we have not seen. So just to preface that um, at the time of the recording, I guess we'll go Group A real quick. We have, a, we have a decider between Ecuador and Senegal. It's almost a given, or should be a given, that the Netherlands should be Qatar. Um, Qatar, I think, the worst host country in terms of on-field football performance. They, they, the statistics agree with it. They're the first team ever to host the World Cup and be eliminated on the second match day. Ecuador-Senegal. Ah, this is this is awesome. This is such a good game. Uh, who do you have? I've got Ecuador here. I mean, I think Senegal need to okay. go all out for the win, right? So I think that plays into Ecuador's hands to kind of go on the counter with the kind of pace and and, and uh, transition that they've got. Um, been pretty impressed by them. I mean, the two Brighton boys in this Stupian and uh, Moises Saicedo have been really good. They've got a, a good leader and striker leading their line. And then I think they've got some some talent off the bench as well and Sarmiento and a few others. So um, yeah, I see them taking that. I, I, I'm, I'm going to just differentiate. I'm going to go with Senegal. I, th- I think there were also chances created in that Netherlands match. I think they took care of business pretty easily against Qatar. This is not going to, this is not like an easy match at all. I do, it, like if this were to end up happening, I could see a 1 0, 2 1 type of match. It's a one, one score game either direction. So I'm going to just go with Senegal just to disagree with you. Then our countries. They play, it's Group B. Um, well, we don't play each other, but you guys play a country within a country. <laughs> so, Wales and England. <sighs> Listen, death by Gareth Bale. Like, wait, because there's a, there's a possibility here that you guys... Well, I mean, Wales would need to win 4-0, right? To, to knock England out. So, England are kind of through. I don't know the last time England conceded four goals into Southgate. I mean... They're not, they're not, they're not, they're not... This isn't no. going to happen, but... Is there any part of the English fandom in the back of your head where a lot of you guys think everything will go wrong, but not this? I, I don't think for this one, right? Um, I, I think the last time I had that feeling was Iceland. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, but to be honest yeah. with you, uh, Wales look like Belgium, like Uruguay, like a few other teams. They look like at the end of the cycle, right? Being carried by two players in Gareth Bale and Aaron Ramsey that just no longer have the legs. I know they're that, not that old, like Ramsey's 31, Bale's 33, but considering the injuries and the careers that they had... They have bodies of 45-year-olds. Like, yeah. yeah, exactly. Ramsey's been playing Premier League football from 17 to 29. He had that horrible leg break, went to Juventus. He, were, he wasn't healthy from 20 to 29 as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then Bale as well has been playing top-level football since 17. And, you know, the latter years of Madrid were littered with injury. He, he'd always, he's always had to manage his body since he turned about 27, 28. So 
those guys have the bodies of yeah 35 and a 37 year old so i just don't see them i just don't think they have the firepower i don't think they've got the legs they, they might be able to rile themselves up for one last game and and maybe win but to win for no I, I think it's going to be beyond them well here's the, here's the thing too i think that result against team usa was completely not indicative of them being good at all i i think it was a gift of a penalty walker zimmerman that's the worst foul of the tournament easily um and then on top of it, they, they were awful in that first half. If Team USA even has anyone that knows how to finish, it's, it's over already. And obviously, that's not the way the game works, but it just, I, I don't see how they're supposed to break down England with that, even regardless of what happened against Team USA. USA, Iran. Um, I'm not confident. This team can't finish. They have one goal in general that came from Tim Weah. Uh there were a lot of missed chances against England and it, it was also vice versa I think Matt Turner had a nice save I don't know I think Iran beats us I don't, I don't see us going through and even then again it's a must win for Team USA Greg Berhalter is showing that he's not even going to go with his most talented player off the bench in Gio Reyna I think Berhalter's 10 years over with Team USA uh with this elimination I don't see them winning this, and that's just off of the way they're playing football. And Iran's match against England isn't an indicative of who they are. They were still able to score a couple of chances as well. Uh, I don't see this going well for us, and I think there is more vitriol and, and anger towards Team USA. I think, I think T- Iran has more to fight for in this. If it, there's there's just more of a positive energy and more of a fight that's going to come out of them than Team USA will. There's something there's something about this Team USA team under Greg Berhalter that I do not like. I I think it's the lack of a forward. I mean, if they can get Flo Balogun to kind of pay his affinity down that that route, I think that could be really interesting for 2026. I think there's a lot of weight on Pulisic's shoulders. They they clearly just don't quite have the power firepower. I think if we're looking at the long term, that kind of centre back pairing has to be evolved because the the fullbacks look pretty pretty decent, yeah. and Matt Turner's a good goalkeeper. The midfield trio looks really solid and will be there for the next tournament, barring... Really, next couple of tournaments. Yeah. yeah, next couple of tournaments. And then, you know, you've got still got Pulisic, who's pretty young, uh, Tim Weir's a decent player, but overall, there just isn't that oomph, that firepower. And if you look at Iran, Mediterranean, and Asmoon, like, if I had to put my life on one of these teams going through, I'm always going to side with the team that has the firepower. Yep. Um, even though I think USA are probably better overall yeah. team, I think the tournament, as we talked about the kind of XG differences and why teams are so conservative in tournaments, sometimes you only need one chance. And you saw today in the Cameroon-Serbia um, game, Mitrovic misses like three big chances and you draw and you're kind of at, on the brink now of elimination. Yeah, and, and that's why the loss of Ricardo Pepe was so massive. And we, we saw what I say in WhatsApp on Josh Sargent, so we'll just leave that there. Group C, is Messi's legacy over or they advance? I, I, th- I think they end up advancing. It's it. Poland's going to be a tough one. Um, Saudi Arabia should beat Mexico. By the way, I don't. I don't think there's any reason they shouldn't. Another team that are at the end of their cycle, right? Mexico. Awful. Um, Awful. <laughs> they, Awful. they they were really bad. And again, no firepower, right? They've got. Uh, they were playing Lozano up front against Argentina, and literally up front by himself. Literally up front, uh, and sometimes in a four four two, which was almost even weirder. <laughs> They should have just started Jimenez up top with him out wide and another out wide in the mm-hmm. pack midfield or played a three at the back. Um, Argentina are going to go through. Do you know what? Like, it's tough though, isn't it? Like, I think they've got the momentum now, but how do they handle the pressure if this is nil-nil after 50 minutes, right? Well, that's what that's what happened against 
Mexico, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, they're playing a better team this time, right? They are playing a, a far better mm-hmm. team with, again, we've talked about firepower. They have the firepower. Do like, they? <laughs> if you make this. <laughs> <laughs> so technically in this tournament, I don't know about that. I know what you're saying, though. But yeah, they still have Lewandowski. Yeah. It's... Yeah, when you have Lewandowski, you've got Zielinski. This is like a... Mm -hmm. And Lewandowski in those last 30 minutes, he looked a lot more confident. And look, he's going to fancy his chances against Alessandro Martinez and Otamendi. Like, he must be looking at the defence thinking like, if I get chances here, I could put them away. And I think the, you know, that transition threat... um, And also the... One of the things that I think is under-indexed against Argentina, I think set pieces, they could be really poor from. They are a small side. And Poland are pretty big. Yep. Like when you've got Milik and Lewandowski on the yep. pitch, you've got Kemal Glick and a few others, they're, they're a big side. And it's not going to be easy. I think I have Argentina just about scraping this, probably playing badly again, but just about like getting they, over they the need line. a window. They need to win. They need to win. Uh, a draw won't be enough, probably, because we're probably going to see Saudi Arabia at the very least get. And well, well they, and they even then, I, even then, I don't Mexico. believe they could even finish level on points with Saudi Arabia. Because of um, the loss that they had against us. So, like, this isn't... Oh, it's goal difference, though, Is right? it goal differential first? It's goal difference first, so that they, they would come... They would they would go through a second. To, again, depends. It's only... It's only two... Jeez. Wow. It's... I, yeah, I, it's tight. This is it's why tight. match day three is shaping up for one of the best. Okay. Uh, Denmark and Australia. This is really... This is really the one real quick. The Danes go out early. Every, a lot of people's Dark Horse team. Um, uh, by the way, I, you can't pick a Dark Horse two consecutive tournaments, by the way. You can't, you can't have Denmark in the Euros as a Dark Horse and then pick them again in the world. That's not how that works. If they were a Dark Horse once and they went deep, then they're not a Dark Horse anymore. They were recognized as a team that could go deep. That, that's, just, that's just me. All right. After two match days, we don't know everybody advancing to the round of 16. But if you have to pick a team... To win this tournament after two match days, who would it be? I think I'd have to go to France. I think they might struggle in midfield, but I, I'm always going to back a team that has the firepower, right? Like, I, I really think yeah, yeah, that yeah. you have Mbappe and you have Dembele. I, I worry a little bit about their depth. Like, I don't think Coman and... I mean, I think, I think Coman's really good, but Marcus Thuram being your first, like, off-the-bench striker, if they struggle to break teams down, it's, it's tough to think about that. Um a lot of depth at centre back, a lot of depth at depth at right back. Not much depth now at left back. Uh, you probably have Rabio playing. But there. they have the best left back they in have the, the world. Best left back. Um, so <laughs> that, that, that's all that matters. Uh, I think if if he keeps fit, um, he's probably going to get rest. Like the, the the thing about France is well, they're going to be able to rest completely um, in game week three. So you, you could right. rotate completely, and they're going to come first because of the goal difference. Because no one else can. You know, even if Australia win, they're just not going to match the goal difference because they lost so heavily against France. So unless Australia win like 5-0 and France get beaten, which we don't think is going to happen, I, I think yeah. they're assuring so they're probably going to rest a lot of players and be fresh in that last 16, which is, I think, another edge. And if you can get to the quarterfinals with that firepower, you know, there's, if I'm going to bet on one man to lead his nation to the, to the, to the mm-hmm. promised land, it's going to be him, not Messi, not Neymar, not Ronaldo. Probably, oh, it's, it's, it's not the guys in their mid to late 30s? Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> Yeah, which is which is just unfair pressure. I think I don't think after what we've seen, or I think he likes it though. I think he likes it though, right? I think Mbappe really likes that pressure. Of course, of course, because you you know what it is now. He's been on the world stage as one of the main guys at this point, and he's proven it on the international stage. And it's kind of it is teetering on the disrespectful side <laughs> because no, because it, because it's true. Because what what else does he have to do internationally? I, I think- the thing about him, what I'll say about him compared to those three, 
is that he, Uber Eats. No, no. Like he, he looks more emotionally mature. I know that's weird to say. He looks more emotionally mature than those three on the world stage. Like for his for his country. You see Ronaldo in the US final, right? When he's on mm-hmm. the sidelines, like begging his team to get over the line. You see Messi crying after the Copa America final. You see Neymar crying when he gets need in the back. Um, pressure. It, it's the pressure. Pressure's different. But Mbappe. He's got the monkey off his back early. He was 19. He was the best player at the yeah. tournament. He won the he won the World Cup. And he yeah. just has that arrogance, but also cool and calmness that like the French do. That combination, I think, works a lot better than the kind of like chest thumping national anthem. Like, I know Italians do it all the time, but like chest thumping, like emotional, <laughs> yeah, like lack of yeah. maturity that I think those three do. Like, you know, Neymar probably wants to play in game week three. Should he? Probably not. Um, but, you know, should Ronaldo be getting as many mitts as, as he is? Probably not. Like, um, probably, I do sh- think he should, does. Actually. Should Rodrigo de Paul be playing for Argentina just because he's Messi's not best friend? <laughs> probably not. <laughs> but why is he? Because he's yeah. he's Messi's best friend. So I, I do think there is this kind of like I, I think with Mbappe, although he is also like a, a coach on the pitch, a, a manager, so so it's some extent on you know the national front and also club side. I do feel he looks a bit more emotionally mature for his age at least compared to those three who it feels like it's all or nothing all the time when in reality we know tournament football anything can happen right i think i think that's that's the fortunate side of mbappe's situation internationally he's had two sides already in two world cups that he's played in that are better than any side that messi or ronaldo ever had internationally I, I stand by that. Even with the injuries this this time around, I think on paper it's clearly better than uh, Portugal oh. in 2016, and top and top to bottom it's better than the Copa America oh, yeah, winning side for Argentina. I mean, it's the same that's side not, right now, right? Not even, <laughs> yeah, ba- ba- basically, <laughs> you just side. take out you just take out Los Celso, yeah. and that's that's pretty much the only difference. But yeah, but that's but that's the beauty of the pressure. Like Neymar is he's compared to every great Brazilian ever. He plays for the best footballing nation. Messi, his own country, didn't even love him for the majority of his career. Like that's what what more pressure is that than when your own people don't love you like that? Ronaldo is there's the pressure of being one of the greatest ever and then never winning an international trophy. The weight that was on his shoulders just to win one Mm. was just insane. All three of these guys and Mbappe doesn't have to worry about that before he turned 20. (laughs) But also for Portugal as well, like you're the best player to ever come from there since Luis Figo, since Eusebio. None of those guys won a trophy. If you can do it, you can be like, you know, I was the first to bring it home. But whereas with, I guess with uh, Neymar and Messi, they have this issue where you've had some of the best ever, ever to play for your nation and they brought it home. So you're always going to be compared to those. I mean, the best, the best, the best, the two best international players came from the other countries. I mean, like it's Maradona is, we did this with LeBron James and Michael Jordan because, you know, you wore number 23. He's, he's been the best since he's been the youngest. It's, it's the same thing. And they're literally chasing perfection. It's like, you're never going to have a better, you're never going to see a player with a better 1986 performance relative to what his team was. Oh, and also, and also like, you know, I know he didn't score in the 1990 World Cup and Loads of people are now being like, well, Messi's got the same record and Maradona won a whole World Cup without scoring in 1990. Like the team he dragged in that World Cup, <laughs> he didn't score, but it was just, it's like people still say now it's like one of the best individual tournaments of all time with no goals. Like you must be really, really good to do that. So I think internationally, yeah, definitely, definitely one of the best. Um, so for sure. you have France. I think I have France now. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it could be anyone's there. It's a crazy tournament, but like I just, I'm always going to back I, the I, I understand that. I think their path is also best. 
especially if Argentina yeah. finished first. If Argentina finished second, I still don't. I, I still don't see how they beat France. That's. I just don't know how they can like. Argentina looks so weak in transition and midfield and defensively. Like I just well, that's the thing. You're talking about transition. So are they going to face a worse team in transition than just Harving Lozano up by himself? <laughs> because he got he broke away. <laughs> he got loose. He was there. He yeah, just yeah, had yeah. nobody. So like when we're, we're talking yeah, about yeah, yeah. But if that's Dembele, if that's Mbappe, if that's well, Griezmann, Dembele, like, Dembele by himself. Anything, okay, right? so who's on the other side? The fastest and best player in the world. Yeah. Or just target man Giroud, just... who is going to bully Lissandro Martinez or Romero. That's it's it's just not going to work. I will say this. If Portugal end up winning and it's not I'm not really disrespecting Ronaldo, it's because of the young superstars. That's it. It's because of João Felix and Rafael Leao are carrying them to that. And I think all around outside of Ronaldo, like again, this is what we were talking about. He just needs to have the chances. He was poor in that first match, but if you just give Ronaldo a chance, why why would you want to want to go elsewhere with it? I would say Portugal have a better shot at winning the World Cup than Brazil do right now. I will Ooh. say that. I don't think I know I don't think Clip it's that, that out of the take. I don't think Brazil was that great against Serbia either. No? I didn't watch. <laughs> didn't. So I can't have an opinion. I'll watch today though. I watched today. We'll, we'll see. I'll they have the today. they have the best depth by far out of the out of the team. They have the best depth, but like I wouldn't trade their front four for France's. Like Neymar, Vinny, Richarlison, Rafinha. I think Mbappe is better than yeah. all. And I think I think Dembele for France in transition is way better. He's than better Rafinha. than Rafinha and Anthony. I think Griezmann for his country and Giroud for their country are as good as any player. A better really. so Griezmann's been playing better than Jesus, and Jesus didn't even start. But it, it's well better than better. he's been better for, than Neymar in international tournaments for the last couple, like two ne- or three tournaments. Neymar doesn't so, even I mean, show like up if you look at Griezmann has the third best win record in France history. He was their best. He was their best player when crazy. they got to the final in 2016. It, it was, and yeah, then he gets six goals yeah, yeah, yeah. in 2018. Unreal. That's, I mean, yeah. penalties or not, I don't, I don't care. Who cares? Why, why, why is it a thing all of yeah. a sudden? It doesn't matter. I, the best was that, I'll say, the best takeaway from match day one is that Messi and Ronaldo both scored penalties. So their fans, their fans, their fans, yeah, their <laughs> fans are going to get mad at each other. What about that? What about that bet, though? What about? Uh, Messi to score. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. Congratulations on that one. I, I, I I, t- I did tell you though, was it going to be from that free kick? The, the guy will never score a free kick on the. <laughs> I was like, come no, on, this no. is it. <laughs> he's not even. No, he's he, he won't do that. I've never seen him take a worse free no, kick. I mean, um, there was one in the fir- in the first game. He skied it against Saudi Arabia. Do you know what? I didn't watch the second half of that. I only watched the first half, and I left my house thinking oh, that game that's game over. And then I watched the last five. It's minutes just there's time. there's too much pressure on Leo Messi to put, that he puts on himself. I think. Well, okay, how about this as the last question? And we'll end it like this because we wanted the video version. Um, do we overvalue World Cups when we talk about players all time in terms of greatness? So we're saying Mar- everyone, for example, everyone calls Maradona the greatest player, or a lo- not everyone, a lot of people call Maradona the greatest player of all time because of his international success and also what he did at Napoli. And then the same goes for Pele because he won three World Cups as a, mm. and dominated in the Brazilian League, which at the time, back then, they, it, it was one of the best leagues in the world. There's no debating that. Do we overvalue that? Because we sit here and we watch all these careers and we say, okay, Zidane did win more internationally than some of the best players that we've seen. Are we saying Zidane and also his club record, are we saying that he's better than Messi or Ronaldo because of what he accomplished there? Do we overvalue these tournaments? I think we do slightly. And and the reason I'll say that is, so one, football was easier back in the day. 
Like, I think there's no doubt about that. Like, the best players were way, way, way better than yeah, your average, yeah. right? Whereas now, the average player is, although Messi and Ronaldo are the best players ever, the, the gap is still smaller, I think, than like, you know, Maradona and Pele at the time. Like, Saudi Arabia beat Argentina with eight players playing for Al Sar in Saudi Arabia. The, le- the average level of football around the world is yeah. way higher. There's no. way more money. Commercially, it's a lot stronger. Like, look at the England first division versus the Premier League, right? You've now got uh, six or seven teams who are amazing in, yeah. in the league. And I feel like the average level of club football has increased so much that actually, like, international football used to be the pinnacle. But, like, I don't th- I think a Champions League run and a final is more difficult, especially when you have two legs, is more difficult than a World Cup. So I personally would say that we over-index it now. And I do think there's always revisionism, right? Like a lot of people have always been like, oh, Thierry Henry was never like the main man when France won the Euros in the final, uh, Euros in the, the World Cup. Like who's their top goal scorer ever? Who's their top assist ever? It's stupid. He did his job better than everyone else. And, and it's like, it's like yeah. saying Pele never had anyone to play with. He was playing with some of the greatest of his generation. Who got their most goals when they won the World Cup in that run? It was him. Like, I, I feel like there's, unless you have the moment or, you know, exactly. the, uh, like, Pogba scoring in the World Cup final, is he better than, you know, is he Pirlo? better than some of the great no. central midfielders? No, like, probably not, right? Um, I think we over-index it a little bit. I still think in terms of pressure, in terms of world stage, globalized watching, it's important. But again, De Bruyne's a perfect example, right? In the last two tournaments, they've, they've lost the eventual winners right? This one, they've really underperformed. But everyone's like, oh, the golden generation, it was... But the golden generation was over after the last tournament, right? But they lost to the two eventual winners. So it's very difficult to be like, well, yeah, you know, that they completely failed. Because at the end of the day, two 90-minute games defined that era's kind of success or not success. So I think it's very difficult because the margins are so thin. I think we over-index it slightly. I, I do think overall now that there's a greater emphasis on club football, and I think well, rightly well, so. Well, because right? it's so circumstantial. Like it's it's like what it what is what is Ronaldo supposed to do in comparison to like a France side that was like is being built like yeah. that? That's you can't compare that. That's not even like what it, what is Messi supposed to do in that con- with that with who that they appointed Maradona as as the head coach. And also, I think this is also another interesting thing. Managers now on the international stage are far worse than they've ever been. Nobody wants a managerial yeah. job. This is what the be, the best manager yeah. by far in this tournament is Luis Enrique. I don't I don't think it's even close. Yeah. Well, I think I think him and Hansi Flick are probably the best, right? I well, I don't think I, I don't I, think, I, Hans, I think Hansi's like proved proved it yet internationally. Let me frame it this way, right? Who is better, Fernando Torres or Ruben Van Persie? Oh, Van, pa- Van, Van Persie. I think there's Van there's Persie. only one answer, right? Who won three international tournaments as the leading number nine? No, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like, it's quite easy to differentiate greatness. And I, I think you have to have nuance, but I, I really do think that it's less important now than it was 35 years ago, 40 years ago, in terms of international tournaments. Like, can you name one Greek player from the Greece 2014? No, I can't even pronounce it if I, no. if I read it off a piece of paper. <laughs> but like, and, and that's, that's not arrogance or ignorance. That's just like, if there is less emphasis on international tournaments now. And especially, you know, we joke about this all the time, but. Um, what did Quadrado say when he was like, when they were like, why did South American teams do so badly in the last World Cup? He's like, because we played a Copa America every year. 
<laughs> like there's just less novelty, it's... right? There's been seven Copa Americas in the last 13 years. We played a, a Euros in the wrong yeah. year and we've got the World Cup. I know it's extenuating But still, but then, but then but we like... have the Euros in, in less time now because yeah, it, because exactly. that's going to because that's going to happen so quickly. I think I think the the thing that's yeah. by far taking the biggest hit is international records. I think the only thing I yeah. think oh. seriously, seriously, <laughs> the only thing that should yeah. count are tournament records. That's it. I don't give yeah. a shit about World Cup qualifiers. Yeah. I'm sorry, I don't. They're so inflated. These to Lukaku is yeah. is is better than any striker that came He scored twice as many from Belgium. I, it's a, it's, ever, it's a right? joke. Giroud's going to be the top scorer Griezmann's going to be the top assistant and I think rightly so right he's, he's yeah well I'm, I'm okay with that like at least he's performing at that level but Giroud again and look Mbappe is going to be the top in both categories probably in, in his in his career so fair enough but some of these records that get broken like yeah I mean Gary Lineker's got 11 Champions League goals oh, Kane's going to break okay. it blah, blah, blah. Uh, well, you know, we won't talk about that oh okay okay really quick <laughs> Not okay today. last question as well because because it, now now it's sprung into my mind if but if Mbappe wins wins two World Cups. I don't think there's anything else that he needs to do on the international stage. I think that elevates him past a lot of players already at his age. But what does he have to do to surpass Messi and, and, and Ronaldo's legacy? Because I still don't think he's even... Like, I, I don't think he's going to surpass it at the club level. I don't think so. I don't think so at all. Uh, I mean, what he needs about 40 goals a season for well, the next Well, he also needs to, to leave. He, le- he like needs that. to leave Ligue 1, yeah. right? Because because if you and I are saying like... But he's 23, right? He's 23. Ronaldo, Ronaldo left the Prem at 25. Messi spent his whole season in his career at La Liga. Like, I, I, I definitely get it. And, but I think he will, right? He knows like six languages. He's marketed himself as like this global brand ambassador. All that kind of, like he's not going to stay in France his entire career. Like he can't. it's just he can't. not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And whether it's at Madrid, whether it's at Manchester City, whether it's somewhere else, or I don't know, or Barcelona, I think he's going to he's going to leave Paris Saint Germain at some point. I think in terms of talent, he's not as talented as some of the best players we've ever seen. Definitely not. But I think we underindex physicality and athleticism well, course, yeah. a lot. But I think that also means that. Is he going to be able to have the longevity of Messi and Ronaldo? Like Ronaldo has had to think about how much he's had to sacrifice physically to stay yeah. at the, like near the top yeah. over the last seven years. Can he do that from thirty to thirty-five and Mbappe without the pace and turn into like a poaching centre forward? I don't know. Probably because he's that good and he's going to work really hard. But again, if he peaks at thirty-one and then goes downhill and goes to the MLS. Well, I mean, I mean I, I what Ronaldo and Messi did, I think, at the age of 23 in the Champions League already was far superior to what Mbappe oh. has done. And I don't even care what, yeah. what sides they played on. I don't, I don't care if Ronaldo was with Man United and Sir Alex. I don't care if Messi was with who he was with. They were clearly the best players and they were winning Champions Leagues. Yeah. And, and in those runs, they scored a lot of goals, right? Iconic. Like Ronaldo iconic, scored in the iconic final. Iconic goals. Yeah, like they had iconic moments in in those in the in the goals. Like probably the two best headers in Champions League finals. I mean, ever. listen, Rio Ferdinand. How do you lose the best <laughs> player in the world in the box? I don't care if he's five seven. That was that was atrocious. That was atrocious. But the and and then the Ronaldo on the SCN one as well. I mean, just the, crazy, the, the, right? or even the semifinal runs. I can't. I can't even remember knockout stage two legs where what Messi did against Real Madrid is is greater than anything Mbappe has done in his career. Yeah. And he's scored in a oh, final. Do you know what? Saying that, saying that, Mbappe has goals against 
Bayern, I, Barcelona. The, the, He's the semi-final like, hat trick at the new Camp. Like these are iconic moments. If they, but they, but, but he does it. But that's it. But that's it's, the thing. Like, when um, what was it? Was it the two thousand and eleven? When Messi did that, um, what was the run where he picked it up? They give the assist to Busquets or whoever it was when Messi just carries it and, and drags it across the whole pitch and scores on his right foot. Like stuff like that. Like that's, I think, I think that's what hinders Mbappe because nobody's tuning into Marseille and PSG and saying like, oh my God, look what he's doing at 19. He's turning this game on his head. He's the, he's the greatest ever. Messi was le- legitimately getting uh, best player of all time shouts. At, that, at one point, at his age, and uh, and, and Ronaldo was already the best player in the world. Uh, yeah. yeah, so that's I, I don't think he's going to catch them. But anyways, um, where could everybody find you and uh, your stuff? You can find me at AFC Pet on Twitter. AFC Pet on Twitter. Wow. Oh, updates on Nkunku to Chelsea. Sorry, um, sixty million clause. I think, and, and again, another player France did not have on top of Benzema. But uh, you can follow me at Martino Puccio on Twitter, um, Martino Puccio on TikTok. Now I had to make a new account, um, and Instagram is the same. And YouTube, we're close to everything over there. These videos, you will be starting to see some of these clips get pushed out on the State of Play podcast tiktok as well hopefully we can get it over to instagram we appreciate everybody that has tuned in and listened um other than that you can listen to some more keen 